Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. And good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. Today I have Tom Campbell with me. I always love having Tom, and uh, I know that my listeners and viewers love love listening to Tom. The fact that they're mostly Tom's people, that's good, because they all get different they get different uh, ways to watch and listen. And, you know, we do, uh, we do things here a little bit differently than his talks, so it's, it's just... You know, it's another way to get information. And yes, we talk about the same kind of thing. So if you want, you know, specifics on what to talk with with Tom, you can email either of us and we'll be happy to uh, to discuss what you need to talk about. Today, I thought we would talk about it's interesting. I've been having, you know, there's always patterns that sort of happen while we're working. And um, so the pattern this this last few weeks has been, you know, everybody thinks that our our experiences create our beliefs. And I want to shift that to our beliefs create our experiences. And it has a lot to do with our stories. And it has a lot to do with, you know, our fears. But let's, let's sort of chat about that, Tom, because, you know, it's, it's the different ways that we can hear something for it to kind of trigger in our mind or in our thoughts or in our heart to look at things differently. So I know a lot of people, you know, when they're explaining, you know, why they, you know, why things happen in their lives, you know, they like to bring up their, their experiences as a way to validate or a way to, um, explain that this is what is happening to them. And the thing is, we have to look at what our beliefs are, because it's not our experiences that are creating our beliefs. We had the belief first, and that therefore sort of defines how our experiences are perceived. (laughs) Right. That is exactly right. Um, uh, Let me start on a little different uh, way of getting at the same thing Excellent. and that and that is that uh, we create our own reality in many ways so it's getting really into the same sort of thing well people hear that we, we create the, our own reality and they say well you know not me you know i don't create my reality my boss my spouse you know my children you know they all create my reality you know more than i do and uh that's not the case. We create our reality in, in um, well, three or four ways. One way is we get to interpret what our experience means to us. Okay? Right. So, which is the same topic, really, that you just brought up. So, no, we don't get to create whether or not there's a tree, you know, in the front yard, you know, that either is there or isn't there. We don't get to create who our neighbors are and other things. We're in a uh, multi-player reality here, but we do get to create the meaning and the significance of that tree, the meaning and significance of those neighbors, the meaning and significance of everything. And what's important to us? What really makes a difference to us? It's not just the tree or the neighbors. It's the meaning and significance that we bring to that tree or to those neighbors. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if the tree is just a tree, well, you know, I may look at the tree and say, well, that tree is probably worth $100. I'll cut it down and sell it for wood. Or I may look at the tree and say, wow, that's a beautiful old tree, you know, and go up and give it a hug and, and, uh, glad that I can share my space, you know, with such a beautiful big tree. So it's just different ways of interpreting. It's different values. It's the different way that I look at that tree and I have a relationship with that tree. I have a relationship with my neighbors. I have a relationship with my car. You know, you have a relationship with everything. And that relationship is based on how you um, you know, how you value it, how you, you know, the importance that you 
give to it, the significance of it. So what really matters in your life, what really makes a difference is how you value things. The significance and meaning you bring to things. And that is all yours. You create that 100%. You see, so whether the trees in the yard or not, you know, or who's who your neighbors are or whatever else is just out there in the world. Or whatever beliefs your neighbors have about that tree. (laughs) Yes, right. So all that's almost not that relevant. That's just the stuff we get to deal with. Exactly. But how we get to deal with it, how we relate to it, what the significance is to us is all us. It's not it. And no, it's not the spouse or the boss or the children either. It's what we bring. It's how we, you know, how we interpret that experience. So the experience just is the experience. How we interpret the experience is our reality. That's what makes our reality. You see, our reality isn't so much that the trees in the yard. Our reality is the fact that we love that tree. That it's a beautiful tree. See, that is the, that's the, that's the value to us in our reality. And we have complete control of that. Now, that's one aspect to it. Now, there's other ways that we create our own reality, too. We create our own reality by our intents. We change future probability with our intent. So that's another way we create our own reality. So if we're always negative and think, you know, world, you know, owes us something or the world sucks or whatever, then surely it will because we will create a world like that with our intent. And if we're always sunny and happy and, you know, pleasant, then we'll create a world like that because of our intent. So that's the second way that we create our own reality. Another way we create our own reality is by the way we are, we influence to a large degree the way other people are with us. You see, yeah. so if we're crabby and, and a user of people, so we don't value anybody other than what we can get out of them, you know, what we can use them for. Well, other people will kind of stay away from us. Other people won't like us. Other people will, will, um, you know, find us not, not fit you know, to, uh, to be around because they know we just will use them if we can. And if we can't, we don't really care about them, that sort of thing. So then we create that interaction, if you will, with those people because of the way we are. So there's lots, see, there's just three different ways I've mentioned already that we create our reality. So if you don't like your reality, guess what? (laughs) It's what you created. You see, it's yours. And that is another way of looking at the same problem with the beliefs. You know, it's not that the experience dictates your beliefs. It's that your beliefs color your experience. Exactly. It's your beliefs that help you or that tell you how you're going to interpret that experience. What's the meaning? What's the significance of that experience? Well, it's your beliefs that tell you that. And it's not only your beliefs. We go back to the same unholy threesome, which is the fear, the ego, and the beliefs. <laughs> And those things all are, you know, the fear is the the main thing. That's the source. And the ego, of course, wants to justify whatever it is you want to do. You know, it it wants to justify that you're right, you're wonderful, you're good. You know, everybody else is a problem, but, you know, you're really fine. So the ego does that for us. It always tells us that we're okay and, and all our problems are because of other people and other things and other situations. That's the problem, not us. And of course the fear is that we are uh, not worthy or not competent or not, um, you know, what lovable or, you know, we're not, we're insecure. So that's the fear that we have. So then the ego says, oh, well, it's not our problem. It's these other people, you see. And then the belief, believes that it believes the ego and turns that into a belief so you know we it's it's that fear and that ego and that belief that keep us trapped in this 
world, this reality of our own making and make that reality so unpleasant. It's us making it that unpleasant. It's the way we interpret it. So when you are a person that cares about other people, cares about trees, you know, cares about your neighbors, really cares about the boss, not just how you can manipulate him, but you know, cares about everybody. When you are like that and you're, you're cheerful and you're happy and your life's full of joy, well, it's a different world because now you are interpreting the world in terms of the value of those other things, not in the value they have to you, but just the value of them in and of themselves. And you're interacting with them. And it's the way you choose, you know, to, um, shall we say, it's, it's the way you choose to see everyone else and everything else in the world. That's the way you, know, that you choose to see it. That's the way you will see it. That will be your reality. So the, the fact is that every one of us lives in our own reality that we create with our intents, with our beliefs, with our ego, with our fear. And that's the reality that we live in. It's one we've made for ourselves. So again, if you don't like it, well, now you know where, where to go and complain. You know, go find a mirror and look at yourself in the eye. And that's who you need to complain to because that's why your reality is the way it is. So you're perfectly uh, right in your in the way you you started off. Uh, it's the it's what we bring to it. Right. That's that's important. It's not that oh I had this experience and that made me believe that so and so. It usually doesn't work like that. You have beliefs and everything that doesn't agree with your beliefs, you ignore, deny, or you know blow off in some way. Only those things that agree with your beliefs are what you allow into your reality. That is, that defines your reality. So your beliefs are the things that often, along with your ego and fear, are the things that uh, cause you all the trouble, all the problems in your life. Well, I shouldn't say all the problems in your life, you know, but most of the more significant problems in your life. You know, if you're driving your car and you get a flat tire, that's not necessarily your belief in your ego. Although it might be, if you have a negative attitude, you may have created that sort of event because of your negativity by modifying future probability. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are, you know, what is it? it was a, an old Pogo uh, comic strip said, we have found the enemy and they are us. Uh, that's the uh, that's kind of the bottom the bottom line. You know, a belief in my books, I talk about belief traps. That you know, belief is a trap. And the reason it's a trap is if you believe something, then you are no longer open to something else. Because if you believe that it's this way, then when you see facts or something happens to show you that it's another way, you won't see it. Right. It'll just be invisible to you. So it's, it's, a, it's a trap, it's a cell that you kind of lock yourself in. And we tend to live our life full of beliefs. A couple of reasons. One, we're lazy. <laughs> we don't want to bother to find out the way it really is because that would take some research, some effort, some maybe giving on our part to really test and see how things are. So we're a little lazy. So we just make an assumption. Well, assumption is another form of belief. So we just assume things. We assume about people. We assume about how other people are feeling and, you know, what they're saying, you know, and there's the, of course, there's the classic, um, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, where yeah. the women assume that the men mean this and the men are assuming that the women mean that. And they're both completely wrong because that's not what either one of them mean. <laughs> We just interpret in terms of our own viewpoint. And when we look at somebody else's viewpoint, we're often wrong with those assumptions. But we make those assumptions, which are beliefs, and then our reality is created out of those beliefs. So-and-so doesn't like me because, you know, and say all this stuff, and it's just an assumption of ours. We don't know that that's how they feel. And we're not going to go up and ask them. Right. 
You see, we just leave that alone because we already know, you see, we don't have to ask them and uh, we don't want to go to that unpleasant place with confrontation or anything. So we just don't say anything. So we're living in this make-believe world that we create all the time, all of our relationships, all of our, all of our connections with everything, even with the trees. And that's our personal reality and nobody else has a reality just like ours right yeah so that is the way the world works that's unfortunate but um but you know the antidote to belief is what i call open-minded skepticism right that is you stay open-minded so if somebody says something and you say well that was kind of harsh you know i don't think that person really uh, cares for me too much instead of believing that they don't like you be open-minded and say well maybe they're just having a bad day or maybe in their mind that wasn't harsh at all it was just a statement of fact or it was actually them trying to be nice to me telling me that my fly was open or that uh, you know some other kind of thing that uh, they that they said that wasn't necessarily what i wanted to hear but maybe they thought that was they were being helpful so you keep your mind open and not jump into that belief and two you learn to live gracefully with uncertainty okay you live ungracefully with uncertainty and you remain skeptical all the time when you're skeptical it means you're uncertain when you're skeptical you're saying "Eh, i don't know let's wait and see i won't conclude i won't come to a belief but that's that's not what most of us do. Most of us, because we don't like uncertainty, this not knowing makes us, you know, it triggers our fear. We don't like not knowing. So rather than stay in a state of uncertainty about things, we just make up a belief and then we're done. So now there's no more uncertainty. But also we've just deluded ourselves into a you know reality that's of our own making that has really not much to do with what those other people are thinking or what's in their mind or how they feel at all. We just think it is. Right. Which is kind of dangerous and which is, you know, the biggest part of the problem. You know, I, I'd like to look at some examples of where people are, are looking at their experiences and thinking they're their beliefs um, that they prove what's happening to them in the world. Um, I'd also like to kind of explore your three ways of creating, because I think that's an interesting way just just to digest it a little bit and um, look at it a little bit further again with some examples so people can see it. But so the first one, I mean, I, I relationships are the thing that tend to be where... <laughs> We often, you know, will say, well, this always happens to me or I always, you know, I'm always seeing this type of person. And those are definitely a, a time when our perspectives or our beliefs are creating our experiences. Because as you just said, we have no idea. And in some cases, it's really none of our business. But in other cases, we want to know because we think or we take it personally. And what people say and do, I mean, let's face it, if, if we worry so much about ourselves, all the time, (laughs) and what people are thinking, and whether people are liking us, and all of that stuff that usually comes with it, you can be guaranteed that that's exactly what the other person is also doing. And so when we feel that somebody has done something to us or when we have taken, you know, a message or a thought and turned it into something personal, no matter what it is, I mean, no matter what it is, in most cases, these people are not doing something to us. When someone breaks up with someone, they're not breaking up with the person. They're breaking up because they have a reason. It doesn't really matter what the reason is. We keep thinking that, well, if we change this or we do that or we, you know, we do something different, then maybe they wouldn't have broken up with us or we do the coulda, shoulda 
woulda things. And we go over it and over it and over it. And it's really just all our ego. And well, really, the person didn't break up with us. They broke up for their own personal reasons that may or may not have to do with us. But why we think that we should have maybe could have done something different and then maybe that wouldn't have happened. Or if we somehow convinced them <laughs> that, you know, they were actually wrong and we were actually, would that actually make them want to come back? Or would any of this have anything to do with what really happened? I mean, we kind of take everything so personally and we want to make it about us when in most cases, it's about them. If they've made a decision, it's affecting them. Not We make it affect us because we take it personally, but it has nothing to do with us. It has to do with them and their choices and their decisions. And do we really want to be somebody else just so somebody will like us? Like We kind of do this dance all the time where we're you know, we're analyzing and fixing and changing. And, you know, in, in, you know, in the beginning, probably the relationship wasn't that good, but you thought, Hey, they might be a really good person if I, if they could just be change this and this and this. So really <laughs> you were trying to change them and they were probably trying to change you and it didn't work. And mm -hmm. that's a sign. <laughs> it didn't yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now look at the person you're describing. The person that you're describing is one who takes things personally. Yes. Okay. Most everything is personal. Well, what does that mean? That means you're self-focused. Right. Okay. It's all about you. Everything is about you. Whatever anybody does, no matter what, whether it's your boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse or child or boss neighbor whatever they do <laughs> that interacts with you you take it personally right that's because you're living at the center of your own universe and everything is judged and assessed in a reflection of you so you take everything personally because you're very self-focused and when you the reason that you think that oh, they did this because of me doing that or whatever, is because you can't imagine anything happening anywhere in the universe that isn't focused on you, you see, because you live at the center of the universe. So everything, every interaction with you has to do with you. And the second thing is that when you have that idea, then the way you react to it, the way you deal with it, is that you need to manipulate other people by, well, if I said this, or I do that, or if I presented myself this way, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that's just manipulating other people, right. which is what self-centered, self-focused people do, because it's all about them, and other people need to be manipulated to be the way they would like them to be, to respond in the way they'd like them to respond. So what can I do to make them be this way, you see? So it's all about you. What can I do? You know, what is everything centers, focuses, and is connected to you. And a lot of people will say, well, yeah, sure. Who else would it be connected to? <laughs> I'm me, you know? I mean, that's just the way it is. Well, right. what you're saying there is that, you know, being self-focused and being self-centered and being at the center of your universe is the only way you know to live. Right. You don't know how else to deal with the world. Well, the fundamental problem isn't that you're not clever enough to say and do the right things or be the right person. The problem is it's yourself focused and self-centered and it's about you and not about other. So right, when that other person makes a decision to do something, instead of saying, oh, that's about me, because everything in the universe is about you, it's really about them. And when that person gets angry with you and they get upset, instead of saying that that's about you, oh, you know, what did I do to cause this? It's about them. They chose to get angry, to get angry. That was their choice. Okay. It wasn't 
your choice. So you have to let other people be themselves and be other people and you just be you and you deal with those other people however they happen to be and let them just deal with you however they happen to be able to do that. Because they're full of ego, they're full of beliefs, they're self-focused, they're self-centered as well, and they think they live at the center of the universe and everything has to do with them. And that's just the way we are. That's normal in our culture. It's just kind of normal people. Well, you have to get over that self-centered thing. You have to make it about them. Oh, he's angry with me. I wonder what I could do to help that rather than, what do you mean being angry with me? You know, it's not me, it's you. You see, it's, well, what could I do to make them feel better? Make it about them, not about you. Well, maybe I shouldn't have talked about his mother that way, or maybe I shouldn't have done this or that. Next time I'll, I'll hold my tongue, you know, rather than saying, well, I'm justified. Of course, I needed to talk about that. That's something they needed to hear, you know, and Instead of justifying why it is that you are always right and pure and wonderful and, you know, justified, you need to just think about other people and see if you can't do something to make them feel a little better, make their day a little better and realize that you're just interacting with them, they're interacting with you. And what's important isn't how that all works out. What's important is the quality of the choices you make and how you interact. That's what's important not the outcome. It's not that you end up and the bus gives you the raise and your girlfriend or your boyfriend, you know, sends you flowers or whatever. It's not the outcome that's important. What's important is the quality with which you make choices of how you're going to react and how you're going to interact. And if your choice is to see it all through the lens of yourself, that it's all about you, then that's a poor choice. That's the choice of ego and fear and belief, and your life will be a never-ending soap opera of drama and pain and, you know, anxiety, and it's just the way it'll be because you're creating all that. And if you make it about other rather than yourself, then your life will turn around and be full of joy and peace and, you know, good things. So we define our realities. It's back where we started. It's, it's us that makes our reality the way it is. Everyone lives in their own unique reality and you can define that reality to be any way you'd like. If you want it to be a happy reality, you can do that. You just have to make better choices. Choices based on caring, not on, well, what's in it for me? Or how can I manipulate this to be the way I want it? Because if everybody's trying to manipulate everybody else to be the way they want them, all you have is everybody's full of anxiety and pain and suffering and unhappy, which is mainly what we have, right, <laughs> in, in life. So yeah. that's the problem. But you can get out of that loop just by not playing that game. Right. Easy to say, a little <laughs> harder to do, but that's the, uh, that's the deal. And yeah, it's, our, it's our beliefs trap us in that soap opera yeah. and we can't seem to get out because one, our beliefs won't let us see it any other way. Two, our ego is afraid that if we don't keep trying to manipulate things to be the way we want them, everything will go to hell in the handbasket and everything will get worse. Of course, just the opposite happens. And three, the reason we're doing all this anyway is because there's this fear of losing what we want, not getting what we want, being inadequate, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's those, again, it's that, uh, that bad triumvirate of uh, fear, ego, and belief that wall us in to an unhappy, unfulfilling struggle in our life. And it, there's nothing that makes it that way other than ourselves. Yeah, so just think of the, how you describe these people and their relationships and the way they were thinking about other people. Everything is self-referential. How does that relate to me? How can I change that? See, I, every, every sentence has an I in it. You know, how can I change that? What, you know, what, 
you know, why, why me? See, it's, a, it's all about me. That's so unfair to me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all about me. And uh, that's the problem. That's where the drama and the soap opera, you know, gets generated. It generated yourself. So. Or worse, it's all about me, but it's something that I can't actually change about myself. I can't change my color of my skin or I can't change, you know, my country of origin. You know, the things that people think that they're now victims because people will see them a certain way, but it's not. The problem is, is we're already judging the situation based on our past experiences, our past our past beliefs that we think this is how everybody is viewing us and seeing us and and we get caught up in you know either either we're a victim which pretty much all of this um is the bottom line i mean if we if we can't change somebody then you know clearly we're a victim to what's going on and happening around us yes that's right if you're going to be self-centered Right. And care about uh, how you manipulate people, which is also self-centered, <laughs> then no doubt you will be a victim, victim. because Always. those all go together. You, yeah. you know, you will. You're a victim in everything. You know, you're okay. you're a victim in the way you get treated at work and you're a victim because you're female. You're a victim yeah. because you're male. You're a victim, like you say, yeah, you race, national heritage because you were born poor, or, uh, you know, or because you were born rich. You know, who knows? You know, <laughs> but uh yeah, whatever it is, if you approach it from a self-centered viewpoint, from fear and ego and belief, then you can't see it any other way other than you're always a victim. Right. It's all, you're always a victim of other people don't understand. Other people aren't doing what they're supposed to do. I give, give, and give, and nobody else, you know, everybody just takes advantage of me. Oh, woe is me, you see. <laughs> That's just self-centered. And if you're going to be self-centered, you're going to be a victim. Those two go together. And the ego justifies those feelings. That's what the ego does. It says, well, of course it's not me. You know, I'm a good person. It's these other jerks that aren't doing what they're supposed to do, you know. And that's, that's unfortunate, but most people just live that way. They live that way, and they live in a soap opera. They live in a drama. And if they don't have the drama or the soap opera, they're just gritting their teeth and getting through the best they can. Instead of having relationships that are wonderful, they have relationships that are friendly. Mediocre at best. (laughs) Yeah, you know, they're they're friendly. We we get along, you know, which means we don't fight. You know, we we don't... uh, you know, we don't throw things at each other. We don't fight, but it's just two people who are both concerned about themselves learning to get along with each other because it's better to just have somebody around than it is to be by yourself. So those relationships are, you become kind of friends at a distance. You know, you take, you share space, but you don't really share your lives. And that's, just a shadow of what relationship can be. Right. Now, you mentioned the three types of way we create. And mm-hmm. I'd just like to address the second one, because that one sort of was sort of like the law of attraction. And that, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but that we... I said that you, you uh, create your future reality. Right, your right. Intent. So right. I didn't say you create it. You bias it. You make it more probable. You change the probabilities. So if you're very fearful about something happening and that fear is kind of on your mind and in your feelings a lot, you tend to create that thing you're afraid of. So you, you create your own fears. You take something that is all mental and you actually make it into a physical thing right there in front of you because you start manifesting that fear. Well, also, if you're very joyful, you you manifest that joy. You see, it works. It works both ways. So that's just the nature of the way this reality works. And we all see it. You know, we all know that people who are very positive just seem to 
things work for them. And people who are very negative, nothing works for them. And I think it's partially because the people that are really negative talk about how awful their life is. <laughs> and there are other people that, you know, how they perceive things around them may not always be perfect all the time, but they don't complain about them. So the people that are always going on all the time about how, you know, nothing's working for me. And I've been in, I've been in that state in the past myself. I, you know, we're just, I, I wouldn't talk about it, but I felt it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, things just were yeah. not working out. And, you know, I kept looking for solutions and I kept, you know, I kept, was always, you know, trying so hard and then thinking, you know, everything, you know, nothing's working for me. Like the law of attraction, it's not working. Like it's just, you know, I can be happy. I can, you know, be in a good place, but then something will happen and it'll trigger me and I'll go out. And, you know, it's kind of that thought process that a lot of people get. They start to feel like, you know, nothing's ever working for them. And those are the type of people that as soon as they start putting that energy into it, you know, and it's, the thing is, until that moment, like until they start, like until they perceive that everything is going against them, until they get into that really depressed state where it's hard to shift your energy, but it starts still with them perceiving that this is what everybody's thinking because they're always they're always, again, self-centered. They're always thinking about, well, this is, they're already prejudging something because they believe that this is the way it is. They be, mm -hmm. It's their fear. They're, I right. will definitely automatically say that it's their fear that they're projecting sure. that creates the belief that creates outside sure. of them. But it's like they get caught up and then, you know, then it's like they're in a state where they just can't see a way out. And that's when it gets difficult but as soon as they get into that state that there's absolutely nothing that could positive could come out of it but it's like you have to find I don't know you have to find your connection or you have to find your that different place that allows you to sort of see like our soul sort of guides us all the time with giving us all of these examples not to get us stuck into it but just to say hey this is you creating all of this stuff. So when are you going to change? Like, when are you going to see that it's not everybody outside of you? It's not, but it's, it's you, you know, needing to see things differently. Like it's you that mm -hmm. is allowing all of this stuff to happen around you because mm -hmm. you're taking everything personally. And therefore then it starts to define your entire identity. Sure. That's, you know, that's the way these things work, and it works in reverse in a similar way, and that is that if you are self-centered, that tends to make your life more, less fun, okay, more problematical. Well, the more problematical your life is, then the more you retreat into self, and then it gets even more problematical, which then you retreat into self. So you start out, and you think, well, okay, I'm going to take charge of this world and then it doesn't work out for you. And then you see, you get more into that self and then it's less and less. And pretty soon you get into that state. Well, nothing's working for me. And when nothing's working for you, then you're a victim and it's oh woe is me. And why me? And why does life have to be so hard? And how come, you know, I work, work, work and try real hard to do everything for everybody. And, you know, well, and you get into this thing, and, and then, yes, you're the victim. And all that does, it's a spiral, you see. And the more you're that way, the, the easier it is to get even more that way. So it's a slippery slope. If you start down it, you can end up sliding until you get all the way to the, to the bottom. And that's the, you know, it just drives itself there. That's the natural place. Now, what happens with most of us, we get on that slippery slope. We get down halfway down the slope or two thirds of the way down the slope and we see where it's going. So 
we don't decide that it's our problem and we need to change ourselves, but we decide we need some strategies for dealing with things. So when we build up these strategies that say, well, all right, I'm not going, you know, my house is just not going to be perfectly neat all the time. I'm just going to have to put up with dirt and dust and a few of those things because I just, you know, driving myself nuts trying to do, you know, always keep it spotless and this sort of thing. And, you know, I'm working and I can, you know, so you start making accommodations with yourself so that you can, so that you can accept that you don't always have everything the way you like it. So you get these accommodations, but inside you really don't like it. You really want it to be some other way. So most people are chugging along through life with accommodations, ways that they have settled for not everything they want, but they get some piece of it and they'll have to do, and then that's okay. And people's relationships get that way. We have two people and they're no longer caring about each other but they've settled for some kind of an arrangement that seems to, at least it isn't bad. Oh yes, it could be much better, but at least it doesn't get but so bad, you see. They settle for that thing and they, they settle for that at work and they settle for that in their whole life. So what that is, is that, all right, you don't hit rock bottom. You're not down at the depression, you know, bottom end of this, uh, of this uh, spiral. You manage to keep yourself somewhere up out of that mess to where you're not depressed, but you're just getting by with all of these accommodations that you've made, but you don't really like. You've just learned to live with them and you feel, well, you know, that's just the way it is being an adult. Being an adult means you, you learn to live with stuff. You just learn to put up with it, even though you don't really like it. Well, what happens when you do that is that the older you get and the longer you just put up with it, the more sour you get. And have you ever seen some of these older people who are, you know, maybe in their 70s, you know, or whatever, and they're just sour all the way through? They complain, you know, incessantly. They just don't have anything good to say about anything. And their life is just not fun but they keep chugging on, dealing with it. You see, that's where you're headed if you, if you do that. So even, uh, all right, I learned to deal with it, and I'll just, you know, uh, get along, get a little, give a little sort of an arrangement. That's really not where you want to go either. It's not the get along. It's the live in joy, live in happiness, uh, live with satisfaction. That's where you want to go not just make an accommodation with something that's half of what you want. You see, because you're still self-centered there. Well, I want all these things. It's still all about me, but all right, I understand. I'm going to have to give up, you know, some of them anyway, because that person's all about them and they want their stuff. So, okay, I'll give up these, you give up those, and we'll just chug along through life being pals and, you know, the joy and the love and the, and the magic of that relationship now is, is not there. You see, it's gone. And relationships aren't about getting along. They're about, you know, caring. It's about love. It's about joy. It's about satisfaction of being with another person and sharing part of your life. So it's not good enough just to take that ego and stuff it you know, under the bed for a while in certain cases because that's what's required. you got to get rid of it because it'll just fester there under that bed or under that rug or wherever you stuff things that you don't really want to deal with, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. The longer your garbage is under the rug, the more it stinks, and it just, it's just a problem. So that's not the solution either. That's the solution. That's the accommodation that many of us make. And it's not the right thing. So it's not a matter of juggling your ego. So you and your ego and your significant other and their ego can somehow coexist. Well, that's better than being at each other's throats all the time. I'll say, yes, it's maybe a step up the ladder, but it's not where you're trying to go. Where you're trying to go is to get rid of that ego, those beliefs, that fear, and live your life authentically 
and with joy. And you think, well, if I got rid of it, why would I end up then with joy? Does the joy just materialize? It does. It just happens. Because when you give up all that self-referential uh, self-centeredness and ego, what's left is joy. What's left is love. What's, what's left is happiness. And the fact that you don't get what you want doesn't make any difference because you're not living your life in terms of what you want. You see, that's, your, that's the ego. When you've given that up, it's about other people. And if the other people still have their ego and they still have their demands, it doesn't bother you. That's okay. You don't mind giving to that because it's not like, well, hey, I gave yesterday. You know, now it's your turn because that's all about you. That's self-referential. You can give and you can give and you can give some more because guess what? You really like giving. It's really fun and it makes you feel good. You see, it's a different kind of world to be in. And for many people, it's just hard to imagine. They just can't really place themselves in that kind of a, of a world where they can give without measuring the how much did they get and is it as much as what they gave? And if not, there's a problem. You see, they just can't imagine being in that world. Well, if I was in that world, everybody just abused me. You know, I'd just be used and it'd be awful. It's not like that at all. You don't have to be stupid. You just have to, you know, be love. It doesn't mean that if somebody, you know, abuses you, that you should find a way to enjoy that. <laughs> it just means that, you know, that's not necessarily that relationship that's working for you. You may need to change that. You may need to, you know, go someplace else. So your whole life kind of rearranges itself and you end up in a really wonderful place. So I don't mean that you can take whatever whatever you have and turn it into, you know, into gold. <laughs> you may or may not be able to do that. But what you'll find is that if you stop being self-centered it makes those other people a lot better too suddenly it's like they seem to change as well because their self-centeredness is in largely a response to your self-centeredness just like your self-centeredness is largely a response to their self-centeredness and just one of those two quitting that self-centered game will help the other one quit it as well so you often can change whatever it is you have into gold. Not necessarily. The other person just may be a mean-spirited, you know, low-quality person. And if they are, well, then you need to spend your time with somebody better than that. So it just works out, is what I'm saying. It doesn't mean everything stays the same, but everything will adjust to be happy, to be good. So there is no... There is no way to lose in that one. If you give up the self-centeredness, no, you won't be used and you won't be taken advantage of. You'll have a wonderful life. And uh, matter of fact, you, you will gain in your power. You will gain in the, in the strength with which you influence others and the way others want to treat you. People will see you as special, somebody they'd like to be next to or close to because you're always positive. You're never complaining and bitching and accusing other people and blaming. And so everybody wants to be around you and, and they want to be nice to you because you're just a pleasant person, you see. So it doesn't mean that you just become a magnet for every user, you know, around. It doesn't work like that. It's just the opposite. It's just the opposite. The, 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 the users kind of go away and, and uh, the people you'd really can make a good connection to start to find you that's a, a we call that the law of attraction right if you're very self-centered you're going to attract other people who are very self-centered if you're not you're going to attract other people who are not and it does uh it does work it, it's not uh, it's not uh, so so scary actually to think that you give and don't worry about what you get no, that's not a recipe for being taken advantage of. That's a recipe for finding happiness. And the only way that it doesn't work is if you're still stuck on what your experiences of the past have been. Because a lot of, a lot of people believe they are giving. 
very giving. But the thing is, is that they're giving to manipulate. They're giving sure. because... They're, right. They're expecting a re return. Exactly. I'll give this, but if I get that. Yeah. Well, that's not giving. That's a that's a deal. That's a negotiation. Whether it was upfront negotiated or not, that's a manipulation. And manipulations are all about you. It's not giving at all. It's a right. trick for you to get what you want. And if it doesn't work, well, then, you know, you're upset. And the other person is the problem. Yeah. It's not it's not that you're trying to manipulate them and they and they're not falling for it. It's that they're the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then you get caught up in your experiences. But to see, that's the thing. Then then you're not coming from a place of other. You're still coming from a place of me. Right. So until you can switch that, until you can truly just, I don't know, it's like, it's like a different, it comes just from a different place when you can stop. Right. Like, I mean, we all kind of try and put ourselves in somebody else's shoes, but this is pretty much doing it all the time. Well, it is a, I, I call it, you said it comes from a different place and it does. I call that different place, the being level. You've got to get there at the being level. If it's all intellectual, right. if it's your intellect saying, okay, I'll act nice and see what happens. You know, this is an intellect. Well, that's you still manipulating. You want to see what happens yeah. when you. If it works, then I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I'll try it for a week. And, you know, see, how, see what I get, see what I get, get out of it. Yeah. You see, it's, mm. it's still all about you from the being level. It's not that you think it would be a good idea. It's not a strategy to be nice. It's just the way you are. You act nice because you are nice and you do care about people. That's why you're acting nice. Not because you think this is a, a better game that's going to win more <laughs> chips for yourself. You see, if it stays in the intellect, then nothing's changed. It's still an ego. It's just the ego has now picked another strategy. And right. that's you know, maybe more civilizing, you know, if the ego, you know, gets you to, to, to be nice, well, okay, everybody likes that, but that's not taking you where you want to go. You're still in the same boat that you, you know, were in before. You're not going to grow up. You're not going to find satisfaction with that way because you're always judging. You're judging what you get back for what you're giving. And as long as it's about what you get back, you're going to be an unhappy person struggling in a soap opera even when you can be in the being level for your ego can still trip you up nicely um not for very long not as long as it can in any other way but you still find yourself you know every once in a while reacting and then you go oh wait a minute <laughs> yeah and oh, so yes. then it becomes almost like a test like okay so how far are you into this like what is your commitment what is your intention what is your you know do you want to get caught back up do you want to fall back onto the old stuff or do you want to continue forward and see it from you know a, just a different place yeah as long as you're asking those kinds of questions what do i want to do next then you're in the process, but you haven't gotten there yet. Because right. once you get there, you don't see it in terms of your acting and how you're behaving. And, and it's, it's not a strategy. It's just the way you are. You are the way you are. And you're not seeing how do other people react to me this way. You're just being authentic. You see, now you can be an authentic jerk, you know, and <laughs> you know, that's authentic too. But it doesn't lead to happiness. So what you find is that when you're, you know, when you love and care authentically, then it's not about what you get back. It's not, it's not why that you're nice. You're nice just because you are, because you think it's right to be nice to people. It's not even that you think it, it's just, you want to be nice to people. You want to be helpful to people. And it's not that, well, if I'm nice to them, you know, they'll have a good opinion of me and they'll do this and, you know, they'll like me and none of that's it. You just do what you do and everybody else does what they do and you all deal with it and you deal with it with caring and with love, your life's happy. You know, it just is the way it works. But yes, the process of getting there often has to deal with the intellect. Right. And it's the intellect then says, uh-oh, that I, I noticed that was just ego. You know, that was all about me. And then you try to let that go. Well, if you're in 
in that process, the intellect can be a big help. Right. But you're not there yet if you're still in that process. Because once you get there, you won't you won't do that. Uh oh, that was because you're just being authentic who you are, and you don't have that fear. You don't have that ego. You don't have those beliefs in the way anymore. You've let them all go. Now people are just whoever they are and they act however they act. If they get angry, it's their choice. It's not about you. You know, you're no longer the center of, of the universe and everything's about you. You just see yourself as one person among others. You're at, you're being who you are and they're being who they are and everybody has to deal with that. So, People just, you know, and how you deal with it is the key. Do you deal with it with love or do you deal with it with fear right. and ego, you know, belief, anger, upset, you know, what about me? Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's where we come back to all the time. But that is the way you can change your reality. And if the thing is, if you don't change your reality... There is no way that you as a self-centered person are going to live in a happy, fulfilling, satisfying life. It doesn't work. It's not like, well, if I could just get this fixed, if I could just get that raise, you know, if I could just get my husband to put his dirty clothes in the (laughs) hamper instead of throwing them on the floor, you know, everything would be great. And it's not like that. It won't be great. Even if you can accomplish those things and train your husband, (laughs) <laughs> to put his laundry in the right place, it still won't be great. Something else will always be there. You see, there is no way to be self-centered and have a happy, satisfying life. So the thing is, if you don't change at the being level, well, you'll just keep on keeping on. And no, those few things that you think everything's perfect except for these few things, not so. That won't work that way. As soon as those things go away, other things will take their place. Because that's just the nature of who you are and the way you see the world. You're creating that reality that's dysfunctional because of the way you are inside. And you will continue to create that no matter how you arrange all the other pieces on the board. So if you could make your spouse act exactly the way you want them to act, or your children to act exactly the way you want them to act, you still wouldn't be a happy person. You think you would be like, if I only won the lottery, I'd be a happy person. You know, no, that's not going to make you a happy person either. (laughs) And getting the people in your life to do what you want, it's not going to make you a happy person either. It just doesn't work that way. So there's no way out (laughs) (laughs) except becoming love. You see, that's the only way out of the mess. But that's the, that's the way the game's played. That's what we're here for. We're here to grow up and learn how to care about others, to be connected with others, to be authentic. That's what we're here for. And as long as we're not doing that, we're struggling and we're unhappy. So it's just the nature of the game that we're in. It's not some kind of perverse thing that's, that's you know like that to make you miserable. It's a, it's a carrot and a stick. That's the way you train, you know. Uh, that's the way you train dumb mules, right? You have a carrot and a stick. Well, the stick is that as long as you're self-focused and full of beliefs and fear and ego, life is miserable. And when you outgrow that, life is wonderful. So life is wonderful is the carrot. And, the, you know, the living in the soap opera is the stick. And you're supposed to be smart enough to, you know, Avoid the stick and go for the carrot. But uh, mostly we don't. We don't even realize that that, that's the game we're in. We just feel like life is punishing. It's not nice. You know, I don't want to come back here anymore because it's, you know, it's it's so hard. And it's always something else. You blame everything else. And you never see that it's you who created the reality that you live in. I always love having you on the show, Tom. If you want more information about Tom, you can go to, well, you can search his name, Tom Campbell, uh, Tom Campbell Physicist, My Big Toe, which is the trilogy of books that he did. He has a forum. He has a YouTube station, which has hundreds of hours of video. Um, And 
you can you can check all of that out to uh, to get more information on what Tom does and how he works. And he will be back with us next month. So thank you again, Tom. Love having you on the show. You've been listening to News for the Heart, and we've been getting to the heart of what matters. See you next week. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org. 